0: Hi, I'm Melissa and welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast where we can normalise the conversation of motherhood and delve into issues that are quite often swept under the rug. Join me every single Tuesday for a brand new episode with a brand new topic. This is a mummy's club you want to be a part of. Hi and welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'm your host Melissa and today I'm joined by Susan who is a mum of two and the author of the book Postpartum Me, a fickle woman's spiral into postpartum depression and anxiety and how she found her way out of it, sort of. Susan, welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast. It's a pleasure having you here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. So just to start it off, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are.
1: My name is Suzanne. I live here in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm originally from St. Louis. Uh, I was an actor, a pretty heavy activist, was Miss Arab USA, um, and then things sort of settled down when I had kids and I couldn't go out and do all that crazy stuff. Um, and I took to writing as a creative outlet, and it took off into the form of, the book that we're here to talk about, which is Postpartum Me. It's a memoir on postpartum depression and anxiety and my experience
0: with my first son. So I want you to explain your personal story with postpartum depression and how it affected you.
1: So I had postpartum with Sammy, who was my first son. Um, but the frustrating part was that I didn't know for the longest time that I had it. Like you, you, I had heard of the phrase, but it didn't enter my psyche during that time. So it wasn't, I wasn't wandering around going like, oh, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong. I just, I had a really bad reaction to becoming a mom. Mm. And because I had never been a mom before, I had nothing to compare it to. So my assumption was that, oh, well, this must be what it's like to be a mom. Never did it occur to me that I was struggling with some sort of mental health issue. So I, my mom, it sucked being a mom. And I was like, oh, this must just be what it is. This is what it's like to be a mom. Okay. Got it. And it was really, Really difficult um, because I spent half of the time that I was dealing with this just in this fog of not even knowing that I was dealing with this no idea that I was legitimately depressed um, for the first like two months I kept I was convinced I was in a dream and I couldn't wake up and and I know sometimes we exaggerate when we say that but I really was like panicking because I couldn't believe that this was my reality and I was convinced it wasn't real right. because there's no- it could be that like this. And, um, just this, like the heaviness that I felt so often was so, so exhausting on top of all the regular mom stuff of just like labor, which mine was all natural. I was with a midwife at a birth center. Um, so I felt everything, um, which was great. Cause that's what I wanted. And I had a really successful pregnancy and birth. Um, but you know, it's exhausting. Breastfeeding was hard and it never occurred to me Logical decisions when you're depressed. You don't think like, I'm really depressed. So what am I gonna, like, what steps am I gonna take to get myself out of this? You know? Right. Breastfeeding was hard and it didn't occur to me to do anything else, to pump or to... Yeah, I mean,
0: I've discussed this before, but I feel like breastfeeding kind of adds a whole new level of pressure. Um, just because it is so hard, and not every woman takes to breastfeeding, and it just adds more to the anxiety. Because
1: I didn't understand why it wasn't easy. Because it's supposed to be natural. Everybody's been doing this since the dawn of time. Why is this something that like I have to take a class for? Why is Why is he not latching? Why does it hurt when he when he eats? Um, it just didn't make sense to me that something so biologically obvious was so difficult. And I got really frustrated with that because I was like, Why, what am I doing wrong? You know, I kind—I felt like it was broken on my end.
0: I, I understand because I went through exactly the same thing with breastfeeding really? and then my son wasn't able to put on weight properly. What made you realize that something was off and like with how you were feeling and feeling like you just definitely need to... further into what's going on with you so
1: i don't remember the timeline in the book i've i had to exaggerate things because i'm trying to go back in time through a period that's very very foggy so the timeline in the book isn't exact or act is is accurate um so i'd say maybe like six or seven months into sammy was about six or seven months old i was talking to a friend of mine who was a therapist and she was like have you considered postpartum depression and i was like what's that now i mean it just like floored me right. um, and then but she actually mentioned it in the same breath she was like postpartum depression and anxiety and i was like what this is a thing you can have postpartum anxiety Right. i just it was like just taking the it just blew the top off of my world it was unreal so then i just started reading stuff i eventually went to a therapist but in the meantime i just started reading stuff and i got it was like I was checking all the boxes, but man, that really depressed me. <laughs> I like yeah. got more depressed that I was depressed. Right. That did not help. Like knowing in the moment, now it, now it's fine. But in the moment, knowing that I was like, well, oh, fuck. Like, what am I gonna do with this? Like, I can't fix this. This is yeah. too big and I've got a baby. Oh. I'm not trying to I'm not thinking about myself. Yeah. Um, so uh yeah, that's how I that's how I found out. Um and yeah. Uh, the anxiety made it more difficult to like think about doing anything with it because you would just get super, super anxious Mm -hmm. and the world was, you know, falling in, um, and you would get paralyzed. So I would just, I would just get paralyzed and I couldn't do anything. Yeah. What do you
0: think the main misconceptions are of postpartum depression?
1: But for me, I think that we go about it backwards. I think that we, like expect moms to be okay. And then we're like, Oh, but if you're not, there's resources here. And I think we should do it the opposite way. I think we should just expect that the moms are going to have a really hard time and already expect to catch them. And then if they don't need that net and they're doing well, that's great.
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: I don't want to make the assumption first that they should be okay. And then should they need help? It's there because that, that's like an extra step that they need to take that is very, very difficult to take when you are in the middle of taking care of a newborn. You're mm-hmm. not thinking Okay, So I, I wish people would like um, like, rally around quicker um, and just expect that you're going to need help and not have to be like, hey, if you need me, I'm here. Or like, oh, how are you? Because yeah. I told you, Melissa, if I was like, how are you? What is your response? I'm
0: good. I'm fine, yeah.
1: yeah. I know you're not fine. You just had a baby. Of course you're not fine. <laughs> Um, so, so I, I just, I don't, I want to presume that you're going to need help. And then later, if you choose not to take the help, that's fine. But I want to like almost force, you know, the people in your community, in your village,
0: they should be like shoving their help down your throat. Yeah, I agree as well, because as well, it's, it's it can be really lonely. I mean, I haven't spoken to a woman on this platform who hasn't gone through, in pretty much every single woman I've spoken to and had a podcast with went through something. It's just not very spoken about, I guess, because of the shame and then the pressure. And then as I mentioned, when you have the baby, not that it shouldn't be, but all the attention is diverted to the baby. Right. And
1: that's, I think that really is such a big part of it. The whole point that I, the reason I wrote my book is because my feelings about Sammy were very negative. Like I, I had postpartum, which is one thing. And then the, 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 the monologue that was running through my head that was yeah. the depression you know how it talks to you it would talk to me and it would tell me that he had ruined my life right. so as I told you, I was an actor and i was an activist and i was like out there just doing so many fun things and i had such a fun life and i really loved the person that i was and then i wasn't that person anymore and he was the reason right was what my head was telling me you know and and so for me i had a lot of a lot of negative feelings towards my son and you're not allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. And no one would admit that. And I was like, I can't be the only person who thinks that. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really bothered me that people felt uncomfortable, like, you know, opening up about that particular aspect of postpartum, like the right. feeling your child. Um, and I just wanted that to be okay to talk about.
0: And I'm, I'm happy that you, you have spoken about that because obviously there's a lot of women that don't speak about that part i have felt that before like so i'm glad that you put that into paper so other people can see that there's if there's no cruel intent it's just honesty this is like be honest with our feelings you know
1: so i I tried to be as honest as possible so i wrote it in the form of journal entries um that are really um it moves really the pace of the book moves very fast it's a very quick read Um, And they're short chapters um, and it's done on purpose because I know who my audience is and I'm like, you don't have time to read. You're very tired. (laughs) You'll move on with your life. Um, But they're all journal entries and I did it that way on purpose. That wasn't my original draft, but I chose later to do it that way because I wanted you to get into the mind of of a person with postpartum who Mm -hmm. isn't where it's completely unfiltered. And if you're just listening to two people talk or you're just watching her go about her day she she obviously filter what she's saying so I just wrote everything down and you're it's like uh, Bridget Jones sort of it's cheeky it's irreverent because I'm saying all the shit that I'm not allowed to say yeah so, um, so I, I really I mean I did that on purpose but sometimes it's like like one one chapter's like oh my god he laughed today oh he's so cute oh my god I can't say and then the next day I'm just like this was a terrible idea I completely <laughs> regret my decision because that's like all the ups and downs you know it's never like prepared Really sad right
0: right 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 and and that's so real as well pointing that out it's so real because with everything with anything in life it's not all day every day or consistent so I know that you obviously touched on the book but I want to know what inspired you to put your experiences into your book
1: so after I had kids I kept trying to still act um, and it was very difficult. Uh, it's mostly it's film work, film and commercials. And um, I couldn't do film anymore because films usually like late night shoots or overnight shoots or really long hours. And it just was too hard. And it's all indie films here in, um, in Arizona. Um, so there's not a lot of like, it's not like it's union where you're like, oh, I have to stop at six o'clock. Like, it just doesn't work. That yeah. way. So we really late hours. Um, which was fine because I was you know doing my living my best life as it were my husband and I and we were just making movies and kicking ass and it was so much fun and I loved it mm-hmm. um, so I, I was um, doing commercial work too I had an agent who got me commercial gigs which was fine but commercial work isn't very creative like, yeah. like the girl who walks across the counter at massage B. I have no name you know mm-hmm. um and like you don't even have a face like if I tried to make a face in the scene they why did you do that? No, yeah. no yeah. And so like, I like <laughs> so boring, and it's not why I love acting, and right. and so trying to like arrange childcare for my auditions and for my shoot and for uh, pumping on set and things like that when it was something I didn't even care about. Wow. I was not this is not where I want to put all my like stress and energy, you know. Um, so I stopped acting. It was really hard for me to write that email to my agent saying like, look, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, I've been waiting for this. Like I've, this was happening. Um, but I've really like my husband and I, one of our creative pastimes is we love writing scripts and we've got a whole treasure trove of scripts that are either short or, um, feature, feature length films that we've written that we love. And when I started writing scripts with him, I didn't realize how much I liked writing and how much I liked writing dialogue. So, um. (laughs) when uh, when I stopped acting, I think I just needed some sort of creative outlet for myself. So I started writing just for fun or like anytime I ever need to work something out, I'll write the whole story out. So if I had like a problem with you, sometimes I'll just write the story or I'll rewrite it and I'll change what happens. <laughs> you know, like, oh, our fight ended well, okay. Really don't talk anymore, but it's okay. Cause I rewrote it so it's fine. Uh-huh. And, um, So uh, I did that and then I I was like coming out of my postpartum at the time and I was sort of like just starting to see things more clearly. And I'm like, man, people are not talking about this in the way that I need people to talk about it for me. So I thought like, why don't I take some of that creative desire that I have and put it towards talking to other moms about this?
0: Yeah. And since you've written your book, have you connected with other moms who felt the same way that you have or sort of validated your feelings.
1: Yeah. There's so many women who are like, Oh, if you just like took out your name and put mine in same story.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, so it's, it's, i talk talked to dads too. Like I've been on podcasts with men who are fathers and husbands and they're like, Oh my gosh, I literally feel like I'm talking to my wife right now. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm giving you insight into your wife's head. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's been really cool to see how come I mean that was what I wanted I wanted people to just be like oh me too not that I want people to be depressed but just people who are depressed I want you to come out and be like look you're not I'm not offering medical advice I'm not a professional or medical yeah. anything I just I kind of just want to hold your hand and be like look I get, I get it
0: yeah and also there's there's a way out on the other side as well it's not going to be like that for a dog especially as kids get older I find it's a lot more easier in terms of having time for yourself it
1: is there's always challenges as they grow you kind of discover new things um but the autonomy that you get that they get and then you get Mm -hmm. um it changes everything like right now they're downstairs doing and I'm upstairs and I'm like leave me alone for one hour and I can do that and I can't believe I can do that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah as they get older they get more independent and they kind of do their own thing and you can Have your time for yourself. It's just when they're first born, they up to there about maybe a year and a half to, they just need you all the time. So she's obviously a breastfeeding as well. What is the one thing that you want women to take away from the book?
1: I want want it to be okay that you're not okay. And I don't want you to feel bad that you're not okay. And I don't want you feel like you're this goddess who just has to be like perfect and floating on a cloud and everything's fine um because you are a goddess but you you might not be okay and that's okay and i think it's really really hard to ask for help i think it's really hard to say i'm lonely Mm -hmm. and i think we need to be better advocates for ourselves
0: yeah i definitely agree as well and the fact of again as i said earlier that we're speaking about it and sharing our experiences just to kind of normalize it because obviously women are going to be having babies forever and ever. They're going to need some sort of, you know, something to, to, to relate to.
1: Right. That was the problem is I didn't know. Like mm-hmm. people say being a mother is hard, but that's wildly generic. And it's, you don't. they say that without tapping into the feelings of, you know, what exactly happens. And so I was very ill-prepared very, I went to classes, so I knew how to push out the baby, (laughs) but nobody told us what to do when we took the baby home. And that was just, or like, nobody explained these ups and downs to me. Nobody warned me about postpartum. Mm -hmm. That's why it wasn't head when my friend brought it up to me, you know, I was like, wait, what, what's that? You know, know like, it just never occurred to me, Um, because they're not like checking up on us as, as much. It just surprises me that with when you hear like some of the high profile cases of some of the really crazy things that moms have done, Mm -hmm. I'm like, hello, like how are you not making sure we're all okay all the time?
0: Yeah. It's the truth because as well, I've had someone on a podcast and again, went through something similar when they had their first baby and she said that like all she was doing was crying crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. No one, sort of checked up on her it was all about the baby and we sort of both agree that when you have like a baby the first thing they sort of drum in your head is oh they could have cot death or SIDS so then you start worrying about that not realising that you've got your own sort of thing going on and what she mentioned was you have all these hormones um building up the pregnancy and then when you have the baby and the baby comes out you've got all more hormones that are just left running rampant Right. and yeah it leads a lot of vulnerable situations and leads mothers to newborn babies very vulnerable too you know
1: there were times where my husband and i didn't know this at the time but he would stay home and he'd work from home and he would he would lie he'd be like oh i just have a light day so you know i'm just gonna work in the office here um but he was actually keeping an eye on me because he was really really concerned you mm-hmm. know what was going on this was before we knew um, but he's just like, she's acting she, like he was act- legitimately concerned for me and for what I'm, and, but he was, he couldn't say that out loud because there's no way I would have received that information.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course. No. Tell our listeners exactly where they can find you and where they can find the book. So I'm
1: pretty active on, oh, I just started TikTok, which I do not love, by the way, <laughs> I figure it out. I don't like it. Um, so I'm pretty active on, on uh, Instagram. at Suzy T. Muslim, And um, my book is on Amazon. It's called Post Pardon Me. And the byline is A Fickle Woman's Journey Through Postpartum Depression and Anxiety and How the Hell She Found Her Way Out of It,
0: sort of. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So all of your details will be in the show notes. I want to say thank you so much for joining us today and being so open about your story and giving us some insight to your book and yeah it's been a pleasure having you here so thank you so much again for taking the time out
1: thank you so much it's so nice talking to you
0: thank you thank you for listening in to this week's episode feel free to leave a comment like and share this episode if you want a chance to be a guest on the show all you have to do is send me a dm on my instagram which is at the mummy warriors see you next week